Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Inside the Studio on iHeartRadio. My name's Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. My guest today needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one because he was in Motley Crue and he deserves it, damn it. In addition to being a bona fide rock legend, he's also a writer and an activist. He showcased both talents with his 2007 memoir, The Heroin Diaries, A Year in the Life of a Shattered Rock Star. The brutally honest self-portrait topped the New York Times bestsellers list and helped change the conversation around addiction and recovery. Now he's back with a new book about his early years entitled The First 21, How I Became Nikki Six. It chronicles his tumultuous youth being shuttled among family members in the Midwest before heading to Los Angeles at age 17 to seek his fortune. Sure, there are hedonistic tales of L.A. at its most debauched in the late 70s, but The First 21 is also a story about hope, hard work, and endurance. I'm so happy to welcome Nikki Six. First off, every superhero needs their origin story, and that's what the first 21 is. Your new memoir focuses on your early years. What kickstarted this project? What made you decide that to share this part of your story now? Well, one thing that really uh, concerns me and has for years is that <clears throat> athletes, musicians, uh, people, entrepreneurs that um, come into money, uh, a lot of times they end up broke. Yeah. So, you know, I, I have this this way that I do it and I've done it since day one. I save 20% of everything I ever make. That's after taxes, after commissions, and I have to adjust my life around that. So I wanted to kind of write a book and like help uh, other people like, um, you know, to have these ideas and dreams, spend their whole life, and then they get a deal with the NBA and then five years later they're broke. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I was really excited about the idea and we have a lot of property where we live here in Wyoming and the back part of my property is like 20 acres. I go back on the back part and I'm sitting, uh, on this kind of, uh, the end of the property goes down into a gulch and I was sitting there and as the crow flies, I'm literally, uh, two hours from where I grew up in Idaho, right across wow. the Grand Tetons. So I'm looking out and I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, um, you know, just how beautiful and different this is than Hollywood. And it reminds <laughs> me of my childhood. And then I had this fleeting thought and um, it was like, well, where did everybody go? And um, I came in the house and I wrote this like couplet, like a short poem. And it said, um, one of the lines was, you know, once 
once I once I started to fly, I forgot how to stop. <laughs> and it wasn't you that lost out. It was me in a lot of ways, uh, losing connection to childhood friends and to family. And, and that's like, you know, the, the financial book is something I'd like to do sometime in the future. Uh, but it doesn't sound very sexy. You know, it doesn't sound very, it's, you know, does really anybody want that book now during the pandemic? There's enough stress. And, you know, I'm, I'm 62, you know, maybe in, you know, eight, 10 years, that's something that might be more interesting. And um, I called up our team and I said, um, I want to tell my story from birth to 21, but the day I changed my name to Nikki Six, we started talking about it. And uh, we got really excited. It's, it's a prequel to speak. It's also uh, was an opportunity to not only tell a story of a small town boy that fell in love with, you know, music of first on AM radio and uh, then FM and then vinyl. And I was in a small town, 4,000 people, uh, and took that, that passion and, and went for it. And it's, it's the obstacles along the way. It's the lessons you learn. It's, it's everything that was able to put together in the first 21 years. I believe that uh, whether you're talking to LeBron James or if you're talking to a top race car driver or if you're talking to Keith Richards, probably somewhere in their first 21 years, they're going to have that kind of like aha moment. Like, this is what I want to do. People in radio tell me, yeah, I remember this moment going to be in radio people that are podcasters were like telling me that they were influenced by these people and then when podcasting came along gave an opportunity and a lot of this happens in our youth because in our, in our youth we throw caution to the wind and if you're tony hawk now you probably don't want to jump off the top of a, a house on a skateboard <laughs> but when he was in his first 21 years i'm sure that's what made one of the greatest he was you know felt invincible and so I wanted to capture some of that innocence and the discovery of music. Yeah, what was that aha moment for you? What did success look like for you as a kid growing up in, in, in Idaho? Um, I never really knew there was such a thing as success or money or any of it. I just wanted to be in a band. I wanted to find people that wanted to do the same thing I wanted to do, which was to play music and and my my idea of what i wanted for music was is not the same as that guy or that guy and uh slugging it out and going through auditions and trying to put together musicians that were like-minded and i was very very strategic and very organized in my head it's like i am in a band with a guy that like that and a guy like that like i gotta have a band with four stars in the band uh, five stars like that's what I want that's what I grew up with um, and so it was the 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 focus of what I wanted while I was learning to be a songwriter um, and copying the greats whether it was the cheap tricks or the Aerosmith sweets or the slades and the pistols and putting it all into my own blender and coming up with ideas so then um it was really hard for me because nobody in Los Angeles, well, that's not true, not nobody, a lot of people in Los Angeles did want to play original music. So I would go to auditions and it was a top 40 circuit back then. So you had to be able to play Summer and Led Zeppelin. You had to be able to play 10cc and, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, Parliament Funkadelic. And, and these musicians got fantastic because of more came up through that playing four sets a night being able to play everybody's music that's why he's such a great player i would go to these these auditions and they would be um like well you know you're not exactly playing old Ice by foreigner exactly like on the record and i'd be like yeah i mean you know i, I don't know i kind of play the way i play and uh, by the way i have a bunch of original music they, we don't have original music there's no money in it and i was like but that's What's the purpose of being a musician if you don't? I was young. Yeah. If you don't write your own music, if you don't write your own lyrics, if you don't express yourself, whatever you're going through. And, um, and so I just eventually had to start putting bands together. 
So this would have been, you got to, to LA when you were 17 and what, around 75? What was LA like at that time? This is post Laurel Canyon, sort of post the Troubadour Club type of stuff. Like what was the scene like then? It was great. It was really great because um, you punk rock and it was kind of faltering and new wave, which was uh, in retrospect, had some bands with some really good songs. But it is a young kid that was like watching uh, Don Kirshner's concert midnight special <laughs> and seeing the New York Dolls and seeing Aerosmith on a stage this big and just doing train caparole. And I'm like, this is not me. Again, it just reinforced what I wanted, but the, there was there was rock bands and there was some kind of hippie rock bands and there was punk rock and there was new wave and I just felt like none of it fit me. I, I wanted to push, and that's where eventually, uh, you know, getting together with Blackie Lawless, we were like minded, um, you know, uh, we formed a band which was Blackie's band, if you if you read the book, called Sister. And um, then it was all original music. I remember sitting there with Dane Ray on drums, uh, John St. John on keyboards, Lizzie Gray on guitar, Blackie on uh, guitar and vocals, and me on bass in a studio. And I uh, was in a recording studio, and I, I called my grandparents back in Idaho, and I said, um, I, I found the people, right? I, wow. I found the people. Um, and I knew that was the right path. Blackie is a leader. Um, I'm like naturally like a band leader because I, 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 I had to become. Otherwise, I would have been on the top 40 circuit and I'd, I'd still be playing cold as ice in <laughs> Orange County. Um, and so, but Blackie fired me and Lizzie and Dane. Uh, because we were green, we weren't very good in the studio, and that already been writing all these songs, but it's Blackie's band, it's Blackie's songs, which later went on to become Wasp, and he's a great songwriter and very talented musician. Um, and we formed again, it was like, well, we don't want to be the Plimsolls or the Go-Go's or the Knack, and we don't want to be Fear or Dead Kennedy's, we want cheap trick meets Sabbath meets, you know, Martha Hoople Queen. And that's where the band London, that's how it formed. And then we got really big on the scene because there was nothing like it. And was I knew it? I was on the right path. You know what I mean? I wasn't playing other people's music or I wasn't in someone else's band. Because you were being true to your own voice. I mean, was that ever scary for you, though? Were there ever moments when you thought, okay, this this might not work out? Or did that not even cross your mind at that point? It didn't even cross my mind. I never even thought about it. I, I never considered quitting. Um, I don't know if that's uh, courage. You know, you say, oh, that young kid had courage. Or, or if he was just had blind faith. But I wanted what I wanted. I lived in 24 hours a day. It's all I thought about all the way back in Idaho. I would draw pictures of bands. I would draw the, you know, the amps and what the stage set would look like. And, and in the, the writing this book, we went all the way back and like met, um, you know, reconnected with old friends, wow. like my first girlfriend. And a couple of the people said, yeah, the, the thing with Nikki is, we were on in Jerome, Idaho, population 4,000 on Fridays, they would have in the auditorium, some musicians would come in from wherever. And, and I remember there was this like bass player with a huge uh, Afro and bell bottoms and this guitar player that had this long shaggy hair and a weird mustache and a drink. And I was just like, that is what I'm talking about. The band. Week and everybody would always say I would leave these things, whether it was in Los Angeles or in Idaho or in Seattle, and I made my notes of what they did wrong. <laughs> what if they did this? They did this. If that band, that hook should have started, and 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 they all laughed. They were like, "Oh my god, it was like torture." You know, notebooks full of what the perfect band. It's all I thought about, and it was the songs and the lyrics and the visual and, and, um, 
anything short of that I, w- I wasn't interested in. It's so fascinating to me going through sort of the, the list of influences you've cited. I mean, you've got Queen and Sabbath, but also you've got like Harry Nilsson and Elton John and these people that really are amazing songwriters. I mean, the craft that goes into their, their pieces are so interesting. I mean, who are some people like that that are, you know, maybe not people that people would necessarily expect to be influences on you, but folks that really taught you what it is to make a good song and a good melody and, and really craft that? It was about studying. It was about studying, constantly studying. I, I was bad in school, but great in front of that <laughs> record player. I would sit there and I'd, I'd figure it out, like, listen to on the headphones and get ideas of my own because everything that I was absorbing, I was like, Oh, I could put that into this idea or I could put it into that idea. And I hadn't become a a really good songwriter yet. I was just learning and and it was really exciting, exciting. It's funny, Harry Nielsen, you bring up Harry. Um, My son Decker's middle name is, is Nielsen. I was in Idaho and uh, we made money by uh, uh, doing all kinds of odd jobs. And uh, I saved up enough money. I was at my friend's house to go down to the uh, uh, local like drug store that sold, you know, everything from milkshakes to vinyl. And I said, I'm going to go down there and I'm getting the new deep purple record. And everyone was like, yeah. My whatever it was, $5.98 from mowing lawns. I got on my bike and my my friend, sister, was a couple years older. Now, you got to remember this is the 70s. She had on Daisy Dukes, a tube top, and this long all one length hair. And, and I would literally when I went to his house, I'd be like, you know, but she wanted nothing to do with a dweeb like me. You know, I was, I, you know, I had no game. I had no nothing. I couldn't even really talk to her or that. She was probably like, your friend is weird. And then all of a sudden she paid attention to me. She said, uh, she said, Hey, um, uh, Frankie, can I, can I ride down to the vinyl shop with you? And I was like, yeah. And so she rode down and I went to the, Section D, and there it was, Deep Purple. I'm, I got it. I heard it on the radio. I'm going to absorb everything on this record. She goes, you know, you should buy this one. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good with this one. She goes, batted her eyes and <laughs> um, said, you should get this record. And it was Harry Nielsen. Nielsen Schmielsen uh, has Jump Into the Fire on it, Without Oof. You on it. And I went back and my friends were like, why, where's the Deep Purple record? And so then I, I fell in love with, with Harry's music. And as the years went, uh, I, I found that he was a great influence. So if I was doing a riff like uh, the ba-na-na-na-na, on um, um, too, too fast. Is that too fast for love? Yeah, too fast for love. The verse, I would say, well, what would Harry sing over this? Wow. What would John Lennon sing? What would Rob Zant, Robin Zander sing over this? And then, well, how would Tony Iommi play this? So, you know, I was a, I was a train wreck as far as creativity. It was all this stuff. Pick a lane. But I just couldn't, I couldn't get enough. And uh, it, was, it was funny because years, 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 decades later, Went to an AA meeting and uh, we went around the room and, and, and one of the things they do is, you know, you, you say who you are and um, uh, it, if you're an alcoholic or a drug addict. So I'd be like, uh, I'm Nikki Six, all of above. you know, I'm an alcoholic, I'm a drug addict, I'm a this, I'm a that, and I'm here to get better, right? Next guy says, you know, I'm John, I'm an alcoholic. Next guy goes, I'm here scap BMI. And I'm looking at this older gentleman and I'm like, kind of looks like Harry. It can't be Harry Nielsen. Anyway, next guy. So it comes up to me after uh, the meeting and says, um, hey, hey, kid. Hey, kid. I guess I was no. a kid. I was like 30, right? And he was probably, I don't know, 55 or something. And says, can you give me a home? And I said, yeah, you know, where." Well, depends. Where do you live? <laughs> if you live in like, you know, 
uh, Beverly Hills, no, because it's like two hours away. I live in Hidden Hills. Like, oh, I live in Hidden Hills too. So on the drive over, we started talking. It came, it was obviously, it was Harry Nielsen. We started talking about wow. music. I went in. Me and Harry became good friends. Harry would show up at my house and there'd be a on the door out of nowhere, just a weird time of day. And Harry would be standing there and he goes, this is my friend, Richard. It would be Ringo Starr. And they would come in, they would sit in there and they would, you know, I don't smoke and I never really dug it when people smoked in my house, but they were both smoking and they were sitting in my front room telling stories about the Beatles and about you know, this and this thing that John did with Harry at the Troubadour or that, that <laughs> you know, some of those famous stories we've read about. And I'd be like, smoke all you want, man, because I'm just absorbing this. And it, you know, he kind of, he got to understand who I was and that I was a songwriter and, and Motley Crue. So we kind of talked about possibly me producing a, um, a for him. And I was just like, wow, thank God to that, you know, for that girl with the tube top. Um, <laughs> look, look how life life is. And uh, unfortunately, Harry did pass away and I forgot to do that. But I named my, my son's middle name after him. But, you know, that that's how music is, man. You you meet people and uh, they say, be careful, you know, meeting your heroes. Everybody's had that happen. I'm sure you've interviewed people and got off and was like, wow, that guy wasn't what I thought he was or that girl. But at the same time, you, have to, you can cultivate all this positivity from people, whether it's listening to records or reading their interviews or if you're lucky enough to meet them or become friends. And, you know, guys like Steven Tyler had a big effect on me. That's my Rolling Stones. And uh, Steven messages on my voicemail when I was struggling with addiction and, and he would sing into my mind, you know, I would just be like, this is like one of my, you know, childhood heroes. Uh, you know, the whole, the whole experience of uh, discovering music is uh, one of the most exciting things for me. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Thinking of, of everything you're telling me now, I mean, do you 
Is there a separation between you, Nikki, and and Frank Jr.? Do, 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 they, do they almost feel like like two separate people? Do you do they sort of coexist in you? Well, that's a really great question. Um, so I changed my name because of the information that was downloaded into my head when I was a kid by my mom about my dad. Mm. That's why I changed my name. It could be Frank Ferrana and Motley Crue or in London or in anything else I would have done, but it was about I'm not going to carry on your name the way you me. And that information was not all 100% true, we found out, and going back and, and going through this, talking to family members, uh, talking to people that were there when my dad did leave, but why did he leave? So I, I think that I, there was a separation of my, my own family, my own legacy, which I've done, but in retrospect, um, I, I realized that, that Frank and, and Nikki are the same person. Now, Sicky, <laughs> that's the other guy, he's a little different, but I don't think he exists. He might only come out every now and then. Uh, but in general, I've, I've enjoyed getting to know myself as a child, uh, not through the lens of Motley Crue or through the lens of anything else, just through the lens of family members telling the story. The things that I realize now are so important to me when I hit the seventies, I had a foundation of family that I, I never, really, I blamed it all on my dad. So I split, you know, and, and I did, I had a great grandmother, a great grandfather, a great family members that were around, but it, it was uh, something in me, you know, Maybe away from that life. I mean, it's something that I feel like I'm coming to grips with now. My own life. You, you, I'm in my early 30s. You, you grow up. You leave home. You start putting your head down and working hard and trying to build your own life with your own people and your own connections. And all of a sudden, you, you sort of realize that you want to reconnect with your past. That you want to, you know, sort of learn more about about who. I don't want to say who you were, but but sort of what, what's what's deeper inside of you. It's almost like the inverse of that John Lennon line. You know, life's what happens when you're busy making other plans. Suddenly, you you realize that there was this whole other history that you had. Was this cathartic for you, getting in touch with with these family members and and your first girlfriend? What, what was that experience like for you? I mean, it was it was definitely cathartic in a lot of ways. It uh, couldn't have happened in a. Uh, better time and a worse time, obviously mm -hmm. during the pandemic, but I got a lot of, spent a lot of time talking to people and I couldn't spend a lot of time face to face, did a lot of Zooms, a lot of interviews, a lot of uh, things that I would hear that I forgot about. And you would hear from three or four different people and you go, wow, I do the same thing now. You know, it's <laughs> these visual things and a lot of them are uh, positive and there's obviously always negatives in there too. And you try to grow from that. Um, I, I, I feel that when people read the book and, and this information from like 10 or 20 people that I've, I've, uh, well, more like 20 or 25 people that I are very close to it. I've sent the book to, and they were like, I see my own childhood. I, 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 I see like, wow, when I was that age and I discovered this band, it really changed my life. And when uh, it, it got me to think I wanted to, people were like, you know, when I was going through my first 21, now I'm like, a professional photographer and I shoot some of the biggest bands in the world. They didn't end up picking up an instrument. They ended up picking up a different instrument, a camera, et cetera, et cetera, journalists, et cetera. So I think inside the first 21 and my dream is that, yes, it's about a young kid, you know, coming from Idaho with a dream. Uh, but it's also about you and your story and the next person and the next girl and, Think that people can absorb it. it I, I, don't, I don't know if I would call it a wholesome read, but it's definitely <laughs> has a different tone to it. I, I wanted to have empathy and I wanted to, through discovery, give people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Benefit of the doubt. You know, I was young. This is what was downloaded to me. You know, maybe 
maybe it happened this way, or maybe it didn't happen that way. Like my dad leaving, my uncle said, something made your dad really mad, and he never came back. That moment to me, and again, I don't have documented proof, uh, even though I am in touch with the family that raised my sister who was born with Down syndrome. My dad was a super proud Italian, Sicilian. He wanted his son named after him. and uh, He wanted to take my sister home. But, I, um, you know, they were, she was home with us for 11 months. Uh, obviously, we didn't, she couldn't walk because she was too young, but she could never walk. She could never talk. She was blind. She had a heart problem. She had Down syndrome. And she needed a family to take care of her. Um, in research, we believe the moment of impact why he left was when my sister went to at the home. And for me, it was my first taste of uh, people are disposable. Like she's gone. I could be next. It's very young, right? And then you get a mom that's saying, your dad's a bad guy. Your mom's now, your dad's an alcoholic. Your dad was a womanizer. Your dad was a drug addict. And then I talked to family members and my uncle Bob said, well, you know, I don't think I ever saw Frank ever even drink a beer. And your mind's like, oh, what the fuck have I been carrying around with me for all these years? And then, then I had to go through forgiveness. I got to mm. forgive my mom, forgive my because like, I got five kids. I got a career. I got an amazing wife. I don't, I don't want to sit around rehashing things that I don't even know for true. So let's go and let's get going. I hope you feel lighter. Yeah, I feel, I feel a lot lighter except for COVID-19. <laughs> I think everybody put on their, at least COVID-10. <laughs> I'm like, I feel lighter, but man, I miss being uh, um, uh, mobile and physical and going to the gym and, and um, you know, so part of this process during the writing of this book is, you know, we left Los Angeles and sold our house and, and moved to Jackson, Wyoming and on top of, and you can't see anybody from our house. So I went from complete suburbia and hearing stories from my friends about they're buying bulletproof backpacks for their kids. And I'm like, Jesus. you know what? I need to get back to my roots. And uh, COVID helped us make that final decision. We've been thinking about it. And my wife loves it here. And I get to come back, but I also get to raise my daughter here uh, and reconnecting. And I, I, I just feel so much better healthier and better and uh you know looking forward to getting out on the road with motley crew grounded more grounded i'm very uh i i i i have ideas i write down i step one step two step three leads to blank you know i always say what's we want to win the super bowl how do we move back all the way to draft right you got to get the right players you got to coach you got the right defensive line bam 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 and i don't really um like the idea of like going to the super bowl and just being like well we went to the super bowl but we lost very driven you know with, with my band with motley crew with everything else i do uh but being grounded with covid being in wyoming has got me to be a little more in my body if that makes sense like less like everyone's like if you got a problem call nikki he'll he'll like help he'll, he'll work you know, as a team player and uh now i just feel like cut loose of, of uh that brain always on fire you know
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I meant to say earlier, I mean, you recently celebrated 20 years of sobriety. I mean, first of all, most importantly, congratulations. I mean, an incredible achievement. Uh, the last year, year and a half has been hard on all of us, but especially people struggling with substance abuse issues. I, yeah. I know many people in my own life that have had a really rough go of it in the last year and a half. What would you say to those people that really are feeling the isolation and the stress and the anxiety and the pressure uh, of, of the, the COVID situation that are, are struggling with addiction? It's definitely a hard time for people, uh, all people, um, in different ways, financially and um, families, not being able to see each other. Um, all, you know, we all what I found for me that helped during this time was to go inside because I can't go outside like I want to. So I go inside doing some side work. So being a person in recovery, there's, an, there's a lot of tools out there. It's like, you know, maybe I need to redo my fourth step. Maybe I need to reach out more. Maybe I need to make a hot list of people that are also in recovery and reach out once a week, send them a text, say, hey, how's it going? We, we have to become a, more of a community in that sense, because one of the, um, the great things about AA and NA and some of these programs, and not everybody adheres to those same principles, but is that you have a community of people that are like-minded and going through a recovery, right? They're uh, just like when I was using, I, I only hung out with people that were using, right? So when you get into recovery, you go and you go to your meetings, you have a sponsor and you can program, you start to build up some time and you're like, wow, I'm, I, this is the first time in my life I've gone a week without drinking or a month without drinking and people get to a year. And so now they can't go to their meetings. They, 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 they can now there's a lot of zoom meetings, which is fantastic. Some speaker meetings via zoom, but I believe going inside, doing some inside work right now would be beneficial for when eventually we can really go back outside. 
That's incredible advice. And I know we all can't wait until you can go back outside with Motley Crue. I know the uh, the stadium tour has been pushed back a year, wisely so, for, for two, uh, two, two, two years. Two years. You're, oh, my gosh. Right? How do you feel about that? You know, acceptance is the answer. Right? <laughs> so I was, I was in full. You read the first chapter of the stadium tour on the, in the book. So it's about, you know, the training and preparing and what we have to do. The reason that I wanted that book, instead of starting on the second chapter, which was all the way back, was I, I wanted people to know where I was at now before you, you flash back. And I also wanted fans to understand the, the hard work that it takes to be in a band. And, and, and you asked me, like, when I was younger, was I ever scared? Was I ever... You know, um, worry wasn't. I don't know. I'm just. My wife says I will work till the day I die. I love work. I love solving problems. I love inventing things and watching them become real. You can touch it, listen to it, play it. Um, so I wanted people to see that in the stadium tour. What diet was like? What training was like? What dedication was like to the musicianship? To your musicianship, you know. It's, it's a lot of work. And um, it was like right up there it was like, I was ready to go to rehearsals to start pre-production and get on tour. I, I was, I was, you know, in the best shape in time I could, my musicianship was on top of where it had been a lot of years because, you know, I had a focus, a reason to focus instead of like just playing all day, like, too, you know, I got kids, I got a wife, I got other businesses. So it, now it was like pure focus was on the stadium tour and then COVID. But I wanted to know what that looks like. Like when it becomes time again, um, probably for me in about December, I will go back into that same, I'll go back into that first chapter. And by the time I hit the pre-production you know, and rehearsals in May and then the show in June, I'll, I'll be, you know, up, but what I'll be up and ready to go. And so will the band. What I like is the idea of right now going inside, doing some work, uh, finding out better ways to deal with different types of situations and then going back out. My hope is that when people get back into it, they're not like, all right, thank God I'm back. You know, we can French kiss and blow boogers at each other and let's just <laughs> spread the germs. It's like, what did you learn during this time? What did you learn about yourself? I learned a lot about my kids. I learned a lot about my family. You know, I'm, I was forced and they were forced to be together. So when the news first came down in Los Angeles, um, I pulled all my kids. They were out of college, out of everybody was living in the house. So like we had like the dinner table was packed every night. And even my kids come over for, you know, dad's birthday or Christmas or different holidays, spend a day here, come over for 4th of July, spend the weekend, jump in the pool. They have their own lives, right? It doesn't revolve for me. I'm here and they always know I'm here, but now we were all together in the kitchen at nine in the morning drinking coffee. And I'm like, you know, that's my favorite coffee cup you're drinking out of there. And, you know, <laughs> have you thought about ever doing dishes? You know, there's all this stuff that you're like, um, wow, these are, this is my family. These are my kids. This is how our personalities are. And, you know, got into watching movie night one night, uh, uh, one night, my daughter would cook the next night. My wife would cook. The next night, my son would cook. And no one ever wanted me to cook. So, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, that's all really wonderful. I mean, I hesitate to use the phrase silver lining, but really, I mean, that. how often would that happen? That you've got, you know, all your kids there as a family, just, you know, not for a special occasion. It's just you're all, all back under one roof. That's really special. Yeah, it was, uh, we tried to make the best of a horrible situation, and I, I, I know it's different for all different, you know, types of people. And I know a lot of bands are out on the road and they're, they're touring right now. And we chose to not do that. You know, we just, we said, we didn't have enough proof to believe that we would go on the road 
and our fans would be safe or the crew or band members or we'd end up in cancellations or what, because we're playing stadiums. Uh, we have to, we have to also, uh, you know, mitigate the weather, right? right? So we start in June. It's great outside. Get into like mid-September and depending on where you are, this first it's an American tour, um, you know, so we don't really have time to cancel five shows and add them in uh, late October or December because they're all outside. If it was a arena tour. So, you know, everyone's doing the best they can. A lot of my friends call me and they say, this is what the road's like. This is what's happening. I will, you know, I, I don't like to name names because then it becomes some version of clickbait. You know, four media outlets from you is like Nikki six said he talks to blank and they said this, I'm like, um, and they tell me, you know, what they're going through. Some of them say it's like touring during the apocalypse. Oh, Some man. of them are like, you know, we're so insulated, living in a bubble, and we're keep, trying to stay as safe as possible. I have people that are placed smaller places that say um, they don't get go on the edge of the stage because the fans are right up against the barricade, and they're right there, and they're, you know, like, this is what you live for, to be on stage right in the fan's face. They're in your face. They're like, this is like such a cool moment. And they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have to stand back from the audience because I don't want to get anything. Also, we know now that we can be carrying it, not even know it. So, you know, the, the testing and some bands have doctors on the road. So I think we made the decision by just doing it next year. There'll be better, um, 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 guidelines, so to speak, you know, I didn't want to be a guy in a band or the, or the, any of the members of my group say, well, if you want to come see us, you have to do this because I'm not their dad. My band's not their mom. We wanted it to be uh, mandated by uh, like the, with Live Nation. So Live Nation announced that you, you can't get into the shows unless you have proof of vaccination or a negative test. That's great. These, those people that are going to that show understand what their you know, the situation is and they're not mad at name the band. Right. So I think by next year, we're going to have, you know, a lot, a lot more um, uh, clarity on what's going on. I'm dying to get on stage. I mean, I'm, I'm dying to get back in the gym. I'm dying. I, you know, my book, man, I, I worked my ass on, on this thing. I can't believe like I'm holding it. Like, it's it's unbelievable. My wife like, had a last night. She goes, "Can you believe it? Like, happens so fast." Well, because of coronavirus, I wasn't touring, wasn't going to the office, I wasn't doing photo shoots. I was just working this thing. And you know, for me, a huge loss was um, I lost all my book my book tour. Oh yeah, that's right. You know, and we we talked about it. Like, what do we like have a last? all and you know i can see the fans they can see me but how do i get the book and sign it and then a lot of the um you know retail was like well you know we're not comfortable my books really exciting a thousand or more people per um city and you know how do we do that do we let 10 in at a time this book is going to take 12 hours you know, we don't feel safe for our employees, like all this stuff. So the book tour is gone and, and, it, and it bums me out. But, you know, again, like the tour, we're just trying to do the, the best thing that we can do for the big picture. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait until the band can get back out there. And I can't wait till, till people are able to, to read this. My, my last question for you, uh, if you could go back and talk, to that 17-year-old kid getting off the bus in, uh, in L.A., uh, what would you tell him? Um, I would tell him, just follow his heart. We all, like, have guidance. And if you can tune into it, I didn't have a backup plan. My kids, when I'm like, okay, well, you're going to go to college and take a business course. So whatever you do, you're going to be able to manage it and um, have 
uh, at least an idea of success. I had no backup plan. I had to read books. I had to figure out uh, how lawyers work. I had to figure out how not to get ripped off. I had to start my own record company with Motley Crue because no one wanted to sign us. And I'm glad we did because we have one of the most lucrative record deals streak because we were now the band everybody had to have. We took our records, uh, our masters from Elector Records and own our music completely, everything about it. Brand. And I didn't know that when I was in Idaho, sitting in the park, like playing this fake Les Paul, <laughs> but you had to learn it. So like follow your guidance, follow your gut, but do the work. Do it. If it's inside or outside, do the work. You want to be a guitar player, do the work. You want to be in broadcasting, do the work. I believe in hard work. That's the guidance. Hard work, determination. I will work anybody if I can. I will stay in the studio longer. I will, I will rewrite a book if I have to, if I don't think it's good enough. I constantly believe in, in improvements and improvements. And um, it's worked for me. So if, I guess the only thing I would say is like, just keep educating yourself, man, out there. Keep educating yourself. And someday I'll write that book on how to, uh, when you make it, not end up broke five years later. <laughs> we definitely need that book out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, thank man. you. Man. Fantastic interview. Oh, Nikki, thank you so much for, for your music and your time today. It's a huge honor. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio or other fantastic shows, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.